Good morning, everybody. So good to see you wherever you're at. So good to uh, be with you uh, this morning. And uh, I don't know what life is like for you. It's, uh, I think, a little bit crazy for everybody. But I know that God is with us, and he's with you, and he's looking out for you and your family. And you can know that. You can take that to the bank, and you can be confident that despite what you feel, despite what society says, despite what your emotions tell you, God's for you and he cares about you. And so I'm excited what we're going to talk about today. I hope you're well. Let's pray. Can we pray together? Let's pray. God, we thank you for an opportunity to gather as the church people who believe in more than just what we see. And that's the only hope we have. God, we're putting our eggs in that basket, that there's so much more going on than what we see. We cling to those thoughts. We cling to that hope. We cling to that belief system. We cling to you. We cling to Christ. We cling to Jesus today who is our hope. We anchor ourselves once again in the fact that we're not like people who run around wondering what does this mean. Even when we don't know what this means, we know the one who knows what everything means. So God, we ask today that you'd anchor hearts today, that you would just breathe wind into people's sails, that we would be encouraged today, that we would be filled with hope today, that we would see things that maybe we've never seen in a light we've never seen them before today. Would you help us, Holy Spirit? Would you help us, God, to be enlightened, to, that our eyes would be open, that we would see, not even just our natural eyes, but on the inside, that we would be like, oh, okay, I get it. I know how to move on now. Would you help us today? We look to you. We quiet our minds. Can you do that with me just right where you're at? Just quiet your mind, quiet your emotions. Take a deep breath, maybe if you haven't done it in a while. And uh, God, we just look to you. We're so, so grateful. Before we even get, get started, can we just stir up a heart of gratitude? So grateful. Hey, you're here today. There's a lot of people that did not wake up this morning, but you did. God, we're so, so grateful that we're here. And even if we may be confused or burdened, we choose to know and believe that you're not done with our situation. So we will be filled with hope today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, uh, let's look in the book of John. Thanks, team. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate you guys. John chapter uh, 20. John chapter 20. Going to read out of the NIV this morning. 20 verse 24. 20 verse 24. John 20, 24. It says this. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, which actually means twin, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. It's referring to the fact that after Jesus had been crucified, Nobody kind of, everybody kind of knows the story of he's supposed to come back, but nobody knows how it's going to happen. And when Jesus shows up, he shows up to the disciples, but Thomas isn't there. So when it refers to Jesus came, that's what it's talking about. It says, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, because Thomas wasn't there. He says, Thomas responds and he says this. He says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand inside of his side, I won't believe. It continues and it says this, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, but this time, this time Thomas was with them. It says, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them, walking through the walls. He says, peace be with you. Then he looks at Thomas and he says this directly to him. He says, Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. He says this, stop doubting and believe. So Thomas says back to him, my Lord, my God. Thomas has one of these like aha moments where everything suddenly is like, oh, okay, I get it now. 
Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed or happy, fulfilled are those who have not seen and yet still believe. A little bit of context if you don't know me. Um, I've grown up in church, and so my perspective um, is vast in the sense that I've been around all different types of people from all different types of backgrounds. Growing up, I had this, I learned very quickly that uh, church people really aren't the nicest people. They can be some of the actually most cruel people because with a lot of church folk, we like to portray perfection like we have it all together, but they're the kind of people that will also turn on you, talk bad about you, start rumors about you, gossip about you, stab you in the back, and then smile while they do it. I I remember getting to this point in my life where I thought, you know what, I'm kind of just done with all of these church folk. I'm going to get myself some non-Christian friends. And so I, uh, probably like my late teens, early 20s, I, uh, I got involved in, in just some other circles where I can meet people who weren't like me. And, and I think it's a good thing to do. I still do that. I still have a lot of friends that aren't Christians. But, but I, was, I was doing it in pursuit of, I'm just tired of all of these Christian people being like Christian people can be. And so I, I got into this friend circle, and man, things were great. Things seemed like really, really awesome. We connected really well. I felt seen for the first time, like in my life, in a way that I didn't feel seen before. I felt understood in a way. I felt accepted in a way that I had never felt accepted before. Um, but as time went on, man, drama happened. You know, rumors happened. Gossip happened. Just the nature of being human happened, and everybody kind of turned on each other. And so there was this relational breakdown, and I realized very quickly that people are just people. It doesn't matter if you're Christians. It doesn't matter if you're not Christians. There's something about humans that do these kinds of things. But I remember going through the situation And when all of these people kind of turned on me, I felt really, really hurt. But the pain, it's funny because the pain wasn't really about the situation. It wasn't about, you know, the gossip, the rumors. It wasn't about the actual dispute. It actually goes way back to to things that happened to me as a kid that kind of got in me that I never got out of me. I'm talking about when I was a kid, and it's it's little things. Sometimes we don't think about this stuff in our life. But, but it's, it's the little things. I remember being a kid, and it seemed like, you know, when I'd, when I'd make friends, it was only a matter of time before those friends either moved away, found new friends, um, and it would happen over and over and over. And so what happened in, inside of my psychology, I got this programming. And really what it is, is it's fear. Fear got on the inside of me. I started to fear, and I started to worry, and here, here's, here's what the belief system was. If things ever got good, they wouldn't really stay good, eventually they would fall apart. And this is actually why I was hurting. It actually wasn't the things that the people were doing. It actually goes back to this is just another reminder that it doesn't matter how good life gets, there's always going to be that one thing because that thing had gotten in me so long ago. When we pick up this text, Thomas is hurting. Thomas is hurting not just because uh, he's going through a difficult situation. Thomas is hurting because Thomas has been touched in that place that when that place gets touched, your whole entire life stops. You feel insignificant. You, you, you feel paralyzed. You feel like you can't go on. Life was good. Things are good. But I think we all know what it's like when that one place deep on the inside of me that maybe has been with me for a long time, when that place gets touched, when people bring up that thing, when I smell that smell, when I see that person, when I hear that song, there's something about those things that just stop me dead in my tracks. Because the hurt is really not the hurt. The hurt comes from something else. You have to understand with Thomas, Thomas's hurt is really rooted in Thomas's insecurity. 
It says, it says Thomas known as Didymus. Thomas known as, does anybody know what it's like to be known for what people think you are and not what you really are? I mean, am I, am I the only one that knows what it feels like that everybody else thinks they really know me, but they don't really know me? Thomas known as Didymus, which actually means twin. So in essence, what, what, what Thomas is feeling that has developed this insecurity is you're not even known as Thomas, you're just known as, as twin. Does anybody know who I am? Does any, am I significant to anybody? Do I matter to anybody? And Thomas finds himself in a situation where he has once again been overlooked. He has once again been forgotten. Jesus has come back from the dead. And Jesus decides he's going to show up to everybody but me. Could you imagine the pain? Could you imagine the hurt? But the hurt just isn't really from the hurt. The hurt has been existing long and long. It's been existing for a long time. It's been existing for long. And this is the way pain works in your life. It's kind of like a, a and when I'm talking about pain, I'm really not talking, I'm talking about hurt because pain is different. Pain, pain is actually a part of life. You're going to experience pain in your life. What you want to avoid is, is, is allowing pain to get in you. When I'm talking about hurt, I'm talking about that thing that got in you that doesn't belong in you that you never got out of you. I'm talking about that thing that causes fear, that thing, let's slow down, fear, fear for your future, financially, relationally, physically. I'm talking about insecurity, not believing in yourself, not believing that you have anything to offer because of your age, because of your skin color, because of your sex, because, because of the person that you are. I'm, I'm talking about shame, shame because of your past, because of the journey that you walked, because of the mistakes that you made, because other people around you won't let you grow. I'm talking about guilt. I'm talking about the things that keep you. I'm talking about things that got in you that don't belong in you that never got out of you. It's kind of like a splinter. If you get a splinter, a splinter's no problem. That's just pain. That's a part of life. But if a splinter stays in you, all of a sudden we have a problem. You see, a lot of times in life, the things that we face are, they start off as splinters, but when we don't address them, when we don't like eradicate and force out fear, when we don't eradicate and I will not be insecure, I will not be shameful about my journey, I will not be guilty about my past. Who Jesus is is enough for me. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away and behold all things. If I do not eradicate darkness from my life, I have a big problem. Why? Because now the devil has something to work with. He is counting on, I'm so excited about this weekend, he, he is counting on you, overlooking the splinters in your life so that he can be in control of you in a moment's notice. That one song, that one feeling, that one scent, that one bit of information, that one text, that one phone call, that one news headline. He, 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 he wants to, it, it's like I saw a movie one time. And what they would do in this movie is they would implant this chip inside of the human. And the human would go on living its life knowing that nothing was wrong until the person who controlled the chip needed to control the human. And at the second, the human was going to show his greatest show of force, and he was going to become the superhero that he was supposed to be. The person that controlled the chip, he'd turn on the chip, and the person would fall dead to the ground. This is what the devil wants to do in your life. This is why he wants fear as a sliver, as a splinter, to get bedded inside, inside of your soul. So that he can, just like Thomas in a moment's notice, continually be in control of the person that you are supposed to be, the person that you are supposed to become, to limit that. 
This is why in our lives you have to be determined to eradicate darkness from within you. I will give darkness nothing to work with. I won't give him my ego. I won't give him my pride. I won't give, I won't give him this idea that I'm responsible for upholding my reputation. I, I didn't put myself here. I am fully reliant and dependent upon God for my existence, for my future, for the person that I'm supposed to become, for the influence that I'm supposed to have. And I will do everything within my power to force out the hurt, to force out the pain. I may, I may get a splinter, but I'm not going to allow it to stay within me. Because when you allow the splinters to fester within you, it puts you, on, it puts you in a downward spiral. And here's what it does. It causes you to question things. I talked about similar things like this before, but I really, want, I really want to bring it to your attention because I want to help you connect the dots. Most of the things that you're dealing with today are actually a result of you allowing darkness to remain in you from yesterday. And understand, when I talk about darkness, I'm not talking about all your bad habits. I'm talking about fear, insecurity, worry, guilt, doubt, shame, all of these things that actually cause your bad habits. They, they, they fester within you. A lot of the things that I'm dealing with, what is, your, what is the problem that you're facing today? What is the thing that is so overwhelming today? Usually it's not that thing. Usually it's connected to the thing that you have, it's, it's that thing that when life gets going really, really good, when you start moving down the line, you start feeling like a real man or a real woman, we're figuring out how to overcome this COVID thing, all of a sudden somebody flips the switch and you're paralyzed. Where do I go from here? And you start to question things. First of all, you question yourself. You question yourself. Thomas is questioned, who, do, do I even matter? You're not even going to show up for me. Do I, do I even, nobody even calls me, hey, what's up, twin? My name's Thomas. Yeah, twin, you're good. My, 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 name, my name is Thomas. Does anybody see me? Does anybody see who I am? When I allow darkness within me, when I allow greed to get within my soul and embed itself within me, and I never eradicate it and I never push it out, when I allow my insecurities to get the best of me, I have literally given darkness an ability to flip the switch and shut my life down. It makes me question me. Did you know that you are only information away from insecurity? Did you know? Did you know that you are bad news away from a breakdown? Today. Like life may be going good, but because we have these things in us, all you got to do is get that one phone call. What's funny is the information that you received, that information was already true before the phone call. But isn't it interesting how all of a sudden it changes your mood and you're all defeated and you all want to give up on life and life is so bad only because you found out about it? Why? Why? How can that happen? Because there's something in me that doesn't belong in me that I never got out of me. And because I never got it out of me, the devil, the enemy, darkness has access to me. This is why I have to be determined so I don't live my life questioning myself. Question, have you ever been in this place where you've never questioned yourself before? You used to have the courage to do anything. You would take on the big mountains. You would stand on the biggest stages. You would hold a microphone, didn't care. It didn't matter if people called on you. It didn't matter if, if anybody wanted you. To, you would do anything. But when that one thing happened, when that one bit of information happened, all of a sudden your family doesn't look like everybody thinks it should look. And all of a sudden your occupation life doesn't look like everybody else thought it, thought it would look. And all of a sudden people see what's really going on. You shut down. You become a recall. You, you, you are no good to nothing for anybody. Why? Because... That thing that got into you never got out of you and it causes you to question yourself this is what darkness wants <laughs> this is what he wants he wants you to question yourself why so you don't live so you exist so you go day to day doing nothing for nobody 
afraid in fear of what might happen. That's no life. That's no life at all. I'm, I'm here to tell somebody it's time to square your shoulders and stop questioning yourself so much. It's time to square your shoulders and knew that God knew you before you even do any of the things that you would have ever done. And he still chose you. He still put your two feet on the face of this planet. I have to be determined that darkness cannot abide in me. I may get a splinter, but it's not staying in me. Because it will cause me to question myself. Here's the second thing that causes me to question. It causes me to question God. It'll cause me to question God. It'll cause me to question God. Unless I see the nails in his hands, and at least I put my hand inside of his side, I will not believe. You really don't believe Thomas? Thomas, you really don't believe that he's back from the dead? Don't you remember? No, I, I know, I know. That was the game plan. I know he's back. I know it's probably him. But when I get things in me that don't belong in me, and those things stay in me, all of a sudden I start questioning God. I'm not questioning his power. I'm questioning that he cares. There's no, there's no way he really is who he says he is. There's no way that he, how many times in my life have I been angry at people only to get to the end of that journey and find out that I was really just mad at God. <laughs> mad at God. God, how could you? How could you allow, am I the only one who's ever been in this position? How could you have allowed this to happen? If you knew that this was going to happen, why didn't you stop me? Why didn't you stop them? Why didn't you do something? God, if I'm honest, I'm just, I'm questioning you. And if I'm really honest, I'm, I'm, mad, I'm mad at God. Because you have the power, why didn't you do something? What's funny is all of the times that I have found myself mad at God, when I actually dig into that trajectory, you know, and I find out I'm not mad at God. What, what, is, what is it actually? It's actually that thing that got in me that doesn't belong in me that I never got out of me. The reason I'm mad at God for me in my life, you know what it all goes back to? That same thing I opened, that, that story that I told you about. This, this, this fear that eventually when things go good, eventually they're going to go bad. People may stay and they may act like they love you, but eventually they're going to leave you. When that gets in you, all of a sudden what happens, I get mad at God. Why? Because the devil has something to work with. So when I go through a situation that I don't understand, that I can't contextualize, you know what the devil will say? He'll tell you this. He'll say, see, God's doing what everybody else did. It's, it's happening again. It's, hap it's happening again. He's, he's not really there for you either. And, and we would act like we don't really believe that, but we live like that. We're paralyzed like that. We, we hold back like that. That's why you're not going after the thing that you know you should be going after. That's why you don't square your shoulders and hold your head high and know who you are, regardless of your background or your pedigree or the things that you've been through. Why? because of the things that got in me that I didn't really realize because it was so covert causes me to question God. And when I question God, here's this like sub-question. When, when I question God, here's the th real thing that I question. I question myself, I question God, I question my investment. I want you to think about this concept. I question my investment. What, what am I talking about? When I question my investment, it's, it's this, this thing in life, and, and you probably experienced it, where you think to yourself, well, what have I been doing all this time then? What, what was that all about? When I find myself disappointed and paralyzed in life, why did I invest so much time in that relationship? Why did I invest so much time in that business endeavor? Why did I invest so much time in that church? Why did I invest so much time in all of these things that I've invested my time in, and I become dissolute. When pain gets on the inside of me, and it, I start to question my investment, I start to think, what was that all about? But here's what we miss out on. 
we have this tendency to miss out on that in life, your life is not about your investment. Your life is about the return. Think about this. Your life is not about the investment. Your life is about the return. For those of you who have been Christians for some length of time or people who read the Bible, do you remember that story in Scripture where, where it talks about how the man goes away and he leaves three bunches of money with three different people? The one guy goes and buries it. The other two go and invest it. And when he comes back, he looks at the two who had a return on the money, and he says, good job, you did well, and he gives them more. Then he looks at the person who, who buried the money, and what does he call him? He calls him wicked and lazy servant. What's interesting is, is he's not obsessed with where they invested the money because they all invested the money. What he's obsessed with is the return that they got on the money. See, a lot of times we get discouraged in life because of our season, but you have to understand that your existence, you are full, your, your life, it's like, you're, I've said this before, you're full of, of seed, like seed. But the thing about a seed, if I was to hold out a seed and I would say, what is this? You would say, it's a seed. I'd say, yeah, but, but what kind of tree is it? What does it produce? What would you tell me? I don't know. Well, how can we find out? You, you got to plant it. You got to put it in the soil. You got you to put it in the environment to see what it will become. This is your quest in life. This is why you have to keep darkness out, out of, from, from you got to keep, keep it out of you so that you can nurture the seeds that are within you. This is why Christ has come to set humanity free. So you don't have to be paralyzed by your background, by your mistakes, by your failures, by your insecurities, by your fears, by your guilt, by your shame. But you can spend your life watering and stewarding these seeds and planting them in the soil, in soil to discover what it is that God has placed in you that he wants to bring out of you in this world. But so much of our life we question our investment because we're frustrated with our season. Because we think our season is our seed, but your season isn't your seed. Your season is your soil. Let, let me explain it like this. There, there are certain seeds that actually, if you put them in really fertile soil, they can't produce. Because certain seeds are actually made for the desert. There, there are certain seeds that will only produce if I actually limit their water. Isn't this crazy? There, there, there's certain seeds that you would think, well, why can't, why can't it just be rainbows and sunshine? Why, why can't everything just be perfect all the time? Because sometimes there are seasons that you're going through, but it's not about the season. It's about what the season is producing with you. It's not about the investment. It's about the return. And sometimes in life we get frustrated and we question our season because it seems dry. But if you don't go through the season that you do not understand, you will never know the capacity that the seeds within you possess. There are things that God wants to bring out of you. What does he say? Be, be the God colors of the world. Shine. How am I going to shine if I don't know what's in me? I have to be willing sometimes to go through seasons because the season is about the soil. It's the climate that helps me develop in ways that I would not have developed had I not been here. So to the person who has been frustrated because you went through a season and you seem like, you, you feel to yourself, that was just a waste of time. I'm here to tell somebody, again, it was not a waste of time. It was about what God was trying to produce in you. You thought it was about everybody else. You thought it was about the company you were working for. You thought it was about the organization that you were working for. You thought it was about the relationship that you were in. But God is so much bigger than all that. He understood the failures that would happen. He understood the complexity of the situation that you're facing. And he still allowed you to be planted in that soil because it wasn't about the soil. It was about the thing that he was trying to bring to fruit and fruition in you. I'm here to tell somebody today, it's time to stay in the ground. It's time to stay planted. 
And I don't know what that means to you, whether it be occupationally, in your relationships, with your church. It's so easy to write people off when we don't understand the season that we're going. Well, forget you then. I don't, I don't need you. I can do it all by my, no, 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 you do, you do, you do, you do, because they're not the seed, they're the soil. They're the soil. Don't, you're the, don't get out of the ground. Don't get out of the ground, see? Don't get out of the ground, see? Don't get out of the ground, see? I don't know who, what business owner I may be talking to this morning that's thinking about going. No, you, you, you stay in the ground. Stay in the ground. Stay in the ground. Because there are things that are being produced in you that God is wanting to bring out of you. But when I allow darkness to get in me, things that got in me that don't belong in me, that I never got out of me, I question myself, I question God, and I question my investment. I find myself just like Thomas, the whole week goes by, and they're in the house. I can imagine Thomas still going through his pity party and like, just, just like I thought, here I am again. It's that merry-go-round. It's that merry-go-round. It's that, I know I'm not the only one that knows what I'm talking about. It's that thing where you're good, you're good, you're, you're good until you're not good. And then you recover, and I'm good. I'm good, and then I'm good till I'm not good. The merry-go-round. Why? Because there's something in me. I got, I got a splinter. Jesus shows up, and what's funny is it says that the doors were locked, and Jesus comes walking through the walls. Can you imagine? Can you, can you imagine? And he has to say, peace be with you, right? Because everybody's probably terrified. Like, Jesus, why didn't you? Hey, guys, I'm at the door. Could you open it up? It's me, I, I, I'm, I'm back, but I think he's showing us a principle. See, Thomas could have chose to believe that Jesus was alive when he heard from his trusted friends that he had been through a lot of crazy things with. If he would have, if he would have just believed them when he heard the whispers, life could have gone up. But what happens in life, when you don't listen to the whispers, the whispers become disruptors. And you look and you say, why all the drama, Thomas? Why you got to make him walk through the walls and do all this? Because this is, how, this is how good God is. When you don't listen to the whispers, the whispers become disruptors. They get louder and louder and louder and louder. Why? Because God is so in love with you that he doesn't want you to be kept behind just because of your insecurity, because of your fear, because of your guilt, because of your shame. But the danger with this is most of us that have a lot of drama in our life, we think that the drama is a result of the devil being involved in our life. But sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's something called a divine disruption. What if we can learn to listen to the whispers? I think a lot of the chaos that we, that, that we experience in our lives, and I want you to hear me with your spiritual ears today. I think a lot of the chaos that we cause in our life is actually a result of us not being willing to trust the voice of the Holy Spirit within us. The, the things, the disruptors, the things that ended that relationship, the things that, end, when I say relationship, business relationship, financial relationship, the things that kind of made things shift, if you're really honest, you had been thinking about those things Years ago, they were just whispers. There's whispers. He's trying to lead you. He's trying to guide you. Hey, Jesus is back. He's back. He's back. But when darkness gets within me, all of a sudden he has access to me and the life gets dramatic because God is so fascinated with making sure he has my ear. When you don't pay attention to the whispers, the whispers become disruptors. Jesus says, Thomas, come here. Thomas is like, this is Thomas's moment. He says, look at my hands. Thomas, see the pain? 
Thomas, Thomas, look at my side. Reach out your hand and put it into my pain because Jesus understands the unfortunate thing about humanity. When we're hurting, a lot of times what we like to do is look at the pain of others to feel better about the hurt that we're going through. What Jesus understands is the unfortunate thing about humanity is what we like to do. Reach forward and put your hand into my pain. I like to put myself in the pain of other people, not because I care about the pain of other people, but so I can care, feel better about the pain that I'm going through. This is one of the most fascinating things to me about humans. Did you hear about so-and-so? They're really going through it. You're going through it too. You're going through it too. Nobody just, you didn't send a text or a phone call saying, can I get some counseling or some prayer on this one? And we get this superiority complex. No, no, no. What do you, you're inserting yourself into other people's pain so you feel better about your pain. This is, this is human, but this is actually the message of Christianity. Because God understands this. He sent the one, the only one who was who he said he was 100% of the time. The one who did, did not deserve to experience pain at all. He sent him to experience the most excruciating pain, hurt, wounds, so that when you're going through pain, no longer do you have to insert yourself in the pain of other people to feel better about what you're going through. You get to look to your Savior and realize because of what he went through, I can go through what I'm going through. Because he stood, because he, he hung naked on a cross between two thieves and said out of his mouth, God, forgive them for they know not what they do. Because he did that, I can do that. Why? Because pain puts pain in perspective. This is why you like to escape in social media drama. This is why you like to escape in the lifestyles of the rich and famous. This is why you like to get involved in the gossip about all the celebrities, because it makes me, what? Pain puts pain in perspective. But for us as believers, this is why my dad, nothing works without love. Why? Our responsibility, while this may be human to insert ourselves into pain to feel better about our pain. This is why we have Jesus. So when we're going through it, we can run to the cross and remember what he went through was so much, he didn't even deserve it. I deserve it. You deserve it. You've done things. I've done things. He did nothing. Just put your hand here. And Thomas, then Thomas gets it. My Lord, my God. It doesn't say that Thomas reached out his hand and touched. It was like, oh, that's all I, now I, now I get it. Aha. I, I, I see, I see it now. What, what do I see? I see how it's all connected. It really wasn't about the situation. It was the thing that got in me. And I, I've been hurting and painful and I, I've been trying to escape the pain. And Jesus looks at him and says, stop doubting. Doubting what? Doubting that you're God? Doubting that you're powerful? No. He knows that he's powerful. He's seen the miracles. He knows it's Jesus. I think we've established that he's back from the dead. What is he doubting? That he's back? No, we know he's back. What is he doubting? Doubting himself. Doubting God. Doubting his investment. He says, Thomas, because you've seen me, you believe. Because I walked through the wall, because I disrupted your situation, because I disrupted your status quo life and how everything was perfect and it seemed like you understood everything and I'm in control now, because I disrupted that, now you believe. He says, but blessed, happy is what, it's funny, you study that, happy. Does anybody just wanna be happy? 
I forget. I don't, I, you, you, I don't need money. I don't need fame. I don't need accolades. I don't need you to think that I'm cool. I don't need you to, I, even if you don't like me. But don't we all just want to be happy? He says, because I've disrupted things, you believe. But happy are the ones that don't see and still believe. Happy are the ones that listen to the whispers. Why? Because God is so obsessed with trust. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to trust him. I do trust God. A lot of times I think I trust God, but really what I'm doing is I'm waiting until, it's like, you ever been on the highway and finally they close all the lanes and then you're like, you have to get off on this one? Sometimes that's, that's what I do when I say I trust God. He's been talking to me about things for five, 10 years, moves I need to make, things I need to do. But then I wait till everything closes out. You're not trusting God unless you have options. Hear that, hear that again. You're not really trusting God unless you have options. If the only way that I can go is this way, what do I have to trust? I'm forced to take that path. You believe because I've disrupted. You believe because I've shut every other door and the only way you can go is that way. But the real happy ones, <laughs> the real happy ones are the ones that can listen to the whispers, that can go on a ride with me that you know not where it ends. Come to ask you two questions. Number one, what are your whispers? Do you have things in your life? And usually it's the voice beneath the voice. It's not the thing that, that weighs heavy. It's like the thing that flies by that you know is meant for you, but then it goes away and you forget about it. That thing. I'm talking about the thing that when you come across it, you're like, oh God, I've been meaning to do that. I know I need to do that. I know I need to do those are the whispers. Do you have any whispers? Do you have any things that God, that you already have been knowing for a long time, things that you need to be doing, moves that you need to be making, things that you need to be pursuing, that you've kind of just been waiting and wishing, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait, God, until you close all the other doors so that I, that's not trust, folks. He's obsessed with trust. Trust brings happiness. Trust brings happiness. Trust brings happiness. Trust brings happiness. Control does not. Control does not. Control does not. Control does not. Trust brings happiness. Trust brings happiness. Relying, relying. When I watch my children, when I watch the way that you watch, we watch a child with their parent. When you watch the way, there's no fear, there's no worry. When, when a kid, you ever seen a kid at the pool where they just jump and it's almost like scary because they're so confident that their parent is going to catch them, that they're just in full happiness, full joy in the moment. This is what God is looking for from you to listen to the whispers. I want to challenge you today to listen to the whispers. How do I do that? The truth is that it's difficult to do that if I have splinters. Because I can't stay, I can't make that move if I got a little fear still in me. What keeps you, what keeps us from the whispers? You know what keeps me from the whispers? Fear, insecurity, shame guilt, self-doubt. Probably the same for you. What are your whispers? And when you think to yourself, I would love to, but here's my second question. What are your splinters? What are the things that got in you as a child? When your father left you? When your mom died early? When your uncle sexually abused you, when you had that miscarriage, when you prayed for that family member to be healed of cancer and they died with it, what are the things 
that got in you. Or you climbed that corporate ladder only to come crashing down when they betrayed you. We want to be the people that we're supposed to be. I think we've got to listen to the whispers. And if we're going to be able to listen to the whispers, we've got to have the courage to deal with the splinters. Fear cannot have any place in my life. Doubt cannot have any place in my life. Greed cannot have any place in my life. Ego, pride, thinking of myself more highly than I should, it can't have any place in my life. Unforgiveness, it can't have any place in my life. It can't. It can't. Why? Because I give access to darkness to paralyze me at the time, at my greatest moments. At my greatest moments. My heart for you today is that when you stand on the threshold of everything you were put on this planet to be, that you would have the courage because you have so eradicated darkness out of your life, not because, not because you're trying to make God happy, not because it's like you'll go to hell if you don't. No, because I don't want darkness having access to that switch. I want to be able to trust God like a little kid, jumps off the side of the pool. I know you're going to catch me. I know you're going to catch me. Would you pray with me today? God, we thank you for an opportunity to gather as a church family, to be encouraged. I pray for the people who, God, our lives are all so. You know my private time with you, God. You know the, you know the tears that I've cried to you, God. Because of the darkness that I've allowed in me that paralyzes me that keeps me from fully trusting you, that keeps me from fully just in all abandonment, jumping off the side of the pool, knowing that my Father is going to catch me. God, would you bring healing to those splinters? For many people today, would you just illuminate and show us where it is? That thing so long ago where we're just afraid people are going to leave, people maybe like me that they believe that when things are good, there's no way that they can stay good because of things that they have experienced in their past and their journey and the things they've walked. Holy Spirit, would you bring healing to people who don't even know that we need it today? Why? So that we could lean into the whispers. So that we don't have to be people that live in a society where we're constantly just plagued with disruptions and drama, but that our lives can be, as you said, peace be with you. 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 God, we look to you today. 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 Would you just sing something, Todd? Just kind of give us just a second. Wherever you're at, just to kind of open your heart before God. Oh, I want to walk with you. Sometimes just giving yourself some time to decompress Listen is good. To your voice. I want to cling to you. Yeah, God, we do. We want to trust you more. Catch me when I fall. Yeah. Oh, I want to walk with you. Listen to your voice. Because you'll never leave. Yes, God. You'll never lead me astray. Uh. Oh, I want to walk with you. Listen to your voice. Oh, I want to cling to you. Yes, God. I know you'll catch me when I fall. Oh, I want to walk with you. Because you'll never lead me astray. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Oh, Jesus.
Jesus. Oh, oh, I want to walk with you and listen to your voice. Oh, I want to cling to you. Because I know you catch me when I fall. Jesus, oh, inspired by God in this moment to tell somebody. It may not relate to everybody, but I want you to, it's important that you look at me when I say this. It's time to stop digging in graveyards. Graveyards are for the dead, not the living. For some of you, it's, it's time to stop digging into your past. For some of you, it's time to stop digging into the past of others. You're made for more than that person who has been imprisoned by the guilt and the shame that you have lived with. You're made for more than that. Be free. Be free. Be free. Be free. What you've been through is painful. The abuse was painful. The divorce was painful. But that is not your identity. Stop digging in graveyards. Graveyards are for the dead. You are the living. I just declare for you and your family, when you focus on life, you receive more life. When you focus on death, you receive more death. When you focus on life, you receive more. If you want things to get good, then you focus on the good. You want things to stay bad, then you focus on the bad. Quit digging in graveyards. When you dig in graveyards, all you find is dead things. When you dig in graveyards, all you find is dead things. All you find is bones. All you, all you find is things that are not here today. You are here today. You are here, it's time, to, it's time to pick up the pieces, it's time to square your shoulders, it's time for some of you just to start focusing on your future. God is not done, I know it's dark, but you are still here. Do you hear me? I know it's been dark. I know you've done some things, I know you've said some things, I know people have done some things, I know people have said some things, but you're still here. And he's not done with you. People may be done with you, God is not done with you. Listen to the whispers. Eradicate the splinters. Not my soul. Not my body. Not my mind. I will not fear. I will not be depressed. I will not be anxious. I will not doubt myself. I will not doubt God. 
I will not doubt my investment. I lean into who you are. Maybe here today, you never made a decision to place your faith in Christ. I want to give you that opportunity. Wherever you're at, the Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We believe we spend forever somewhere. What we believe matters. God loves you so much. This is the message of Christianity. It's no longer about your past. It's no longer about your secrets. It's no longer about any of, the, any of that. It's about the life that is ahead of you and the life you possess today. You'll place your faith in who he is. I'm gonna lead you in this prayer. Would you say it with me out loud? Can we all say this prayer together, wherever you're at? I mean it today. Say, Jesus, today, I believe in my heart and I say out of my mouth, you are the son of God. I believe that you live for me. I believe that you died for me. And I believe you came back from the dead for me. Today I call you my savior and I make you my Lord. Say this, say Jesus, help me to live the life that you made me to live. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Right where you at, one more time, can we just sing through something, just kind of give everybody a time, and, and then somebody will come and close. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with a message of Jesus.